From Ticker Tape, this is Where's My Money. Humans are such an interesting species. We've been able to survive and prosper through so many difficult periods in history. Through ice ages, heat waves, predator attacks, famines, and so much more. We're still here. And so many of the survival instincts that have led us through these difficult periods in history have been deeply ingrained into our subconscious mind to help us make fast and instinctual decisions. But what if some of those strengths that have got us to where we are today are actually flaws when it comes to investing? What if they create psychological biases that prevent us from making the right decisions at the right time? In this episode of the Where's My Money podcast, we explore those very questions. Should we ignore our gut instinct when it comes to investing and follow formulas to make our decisions? All of that and more to come in today's episode. To explore this, we spoke to Rukun Tarachandani, who's a VP at PPFAS Mutual Fund. And we started the conversation by asking Rukun to walk us through the differences between rules-based investing and intuition-based investing. So rules-based decision-making is essentially wherein you have a predetermined and clear set of rules or processes that help you arrive at the decision. Now, the key words there are first predetermined. So the rules have to be made before the decision is made. You don't make the rules at the time the decision is made. You do them much before. Second, the rules have to be clear. So given a certain set of inputs, the output from the rules should be clear. It shouldn't be that you have a certain set of inputs, but sometimes the rule says do X and sometimes the rule says do Y. So it's clear on what the outcome should be. So when you talk about investing, that's like having a process wherein you are clear that I'll invest with companies having let's say, return on equity above a certain threshold, debt to equity below a certain threshold, having growth rates at a certain threshold, and so on, right? So you have a clear set of rules. Now, when you contrast this to intuition or judgment-based decision-making, that's like wherein you use your own subjective judgment at the spur of the moment to arrive at a decision. So again, from an investing perspective, it would be you just read a couple of articles, you read the annual report, you make a subjective decision, whether this makes sense, this doesn't make sense. And then you go ahead with the decision. So when it comes to rules-based investing, how does one come up with the rules that one must stick to while making decisions? One of the first things is your rules or your algorithm should have worked over the long term and should have delivered the kind of performance or the risk return metrics that you're looking for. So for example, if you come up with a rule that I'll buy companies which are very high growth, which are loss-making. I don't know why somebody would come up with that rule, but let's say if somebody does come up with that rule, then you can quickly check and verify what the impact of following that rule would have been over the years, what kind of companies came through with such a rule in your process, and whether that decision would have led on to an outperformance and underperformance of what kind of risk return metrics you were looking at. So the first thing is focus on you know, how the strategy would have done over the long term. And if the strategy or that algorithm didn't work over the long term, it doesn't make sense to follow it over the short term as well. The second thing I would say is you need to consider why a certain rule or an algorithm works. And the reason is that 
only if you understand the why behind it would you have the conviction to stick with it over long periods of time any algorithm will go through periods of underperformance and unless and until you know that why it works over the long time you will not be able to stick with it through those periods of underperformance to give you an example joel greenblatt way back in 2005 came up with this formula called magic formula which was a very simple formula it essentially said you rank stocks based on high return on capital to low return on capital and combine that with valuation from cheap to expensive essentially a company that had high return on capital that was highly profitable and that was cheap would rank higher and a company that was low on return on capital and was expensive would rank lower so you would buy the first basket profitable companies cheap companies sound simple but interestingly what happened was he gave the investors an option he said you can follow this as it is or you can tweak the algorithm or you can override the algorithm you can decide to buy something you cannot decide to buy something it's up to you and when he audited the results from the two categories he found that people who simply followed the strategy did way better than people who tried to tweak it or override it and even after 15 years this keeps coming up wherein people find that that strategy has worked over the long term but people have not been able to follow it uh, because of periods of underperformance uh the third and the final thing i would say is once you have a strategy for the long term you stick with it if for whatever reason you decide to override it or tweak it you need to keep a track of what the override was and what its impact was on subsequent performance because only if you keep that track will you realize whether it helped you in achieving the results or it hurt you and that will probably give you more conviction to then stick with it over time so now now given that most of our listeners are more new to the world of investing and let's say they wanted to take this up and they're looking to do this on their own using the same excel sheet formula that you just said could you just talk about some of the variables that they could start looking at and how to actually test the historical data to to come up with their own hypotheses so the literature on this divides the various metrics broadly into four categories one is value which is essentially trying to measure what the valuation of a company is so this can be things like price to equity ev ebitda free cash flow yield how much free cash flow the company is generating vis-a-vis -vis its market cap the cash flow yield and uh, so on so that's one bucket the second bucket is quality which is essentially measuring how good quality the business is so this would include metrics like return on capital return on equity gross margins each of these tell you is the business good quality if you look at it over longer periods of time does if the return on equity is high enough beyond a certain threshold it it might be suggestive that the business has enough barriers to entry right so uh, that's a quality bucket the third bucket is momentum this essentially says that what has worked in the recent past in terms of price performance continues to work in the near future as well so if the probability if a stock has done well in the last uh, 6 to 12 months the probability of it doing well in the next 6 to 12 months is higher vis-a-vis the probability of a stock where which has fallen or which has not done well over the recent month and there are various behavioral biases why this happens but this is something that has been seen across asset classes to occur and finally there is the low volatility phenomena which is essentially that 
stocks which have low volatility tend to do better than stocks which have higher volatility. A lot of us utilize right now when we're making decisions, intuition-based or behavioral-based. And the core premise behind this particular argument is that rules-based can be more effective over the long run, just like the studies that you showed us in the past, because of the inherent biases and flaws that exist within humans. Could you expand on these flaws and, and tell us why humans face these these particular flaws and, and why it impacts us in our investment decisions? So there are, there are various biases that have been uh, described in literature. If you see modern environment in a lot of domains, or at least in some domains like equity markets, is probably about 400, 500 years old, right? So modern equity markets are about 400 years old. On the other hand, the human brain has remained largely about the same over the last one and a half lakh years. So the brain has evolved and our behavior has evolved to deal with a certain set of risks or dangers that are very different from what we face in some of the domains, like let's say in equity markets. For example, in a hunter-gatherer world, probably a lakh years back, you had fear of predators. It was important to be part of a group. If you were a lone maverick, you were more likely to be get killed by a predator than if you were part of a social group. So being part of a group is great for your survival. But when you take that herding from that domain to the equity markets, wherein being part of a group can actually be very harmful to your long-term investment success. You know, being part of a frenzy or being part of a, an investment trend that everybody else is chasing is not great for long-term returns. Similarly, take the example of fear of danger. The part of the brain that deals with danger or fear reacting to danger is amygdala. And that connects straight away to the brainstem. And the reason I'm explaining this is because what that does is you react to danger even before your conscious thought has had the opportunity to process it. So for example, throw a ball at someone and the person suddenly ducks, right? Now he has not had an opportunity to consciously decide that there's a ball coming my way, I should duck right, left or whatever, but he simply ducks. Again, this is reacting to danger is a great survival skill. It is helpful in a lot of domains. But again, when it comes to equity markets or markets in general, if you react to danger or possibility of danger immediately, right? Let's say markets crash, you have a sudden urge to sell, you execute that urge, it's not great for your long-term results. So a lot of these biases or rather, let's say mental shortcuts have actually helped us survive over long periods. And even today in a lot of domains, they are actually very useful. But when it comes to some domains like investing, these biases actually act against us and lead to a worse outcome than we would have if we were more rational. We've covered why rules-based investing um, is, is a great strategy. We've covered the behavioral biases that cause this and ways to mitigate those biases for yourself. But now as a listener, as an investor, what are the next steps? Because mapping out those on an Excel sheet may be a little bit difficult for folks because they have full-time jobs and they have all this other stuff going on. What are ways that they can adopt this approach without needing the extensive time and research that goes into it? So I think essentially what we're trying to do is take out as much 
of human judgment at the decision making point as possible and make it a process let's compare a sip versus a lump sum investment right if you have an sip you are deciding that i will invest x amount every month or fortnight and once you set that process up it happens all together right if it's a lump sum you make that decision at that point if the markets are volatile you might decide it's not the right time which again may or may not be the right decision but if you have set up a process like an sip it is more likely that you will follow it versus you know not abandoning it similarly in terms of asset allocation take a step back think of what your risk return requirement is what is the threshold risk return you can accept decide on an asset allocation and again either through an sip or through some process you know stick with it don't try to make that decision at the moment oh you know right now equity markets look good let me invest in equity markets right now you know debt markets look good so let me invest in debt markets what ends up happening is you invest at the wrong times in the market that has recently done well rather than following that as a trend we hope you enjoyed this episode of where's my money by ticker tape on this show we simplify the finance landscape in india for you So if you're looking to venture into stock investing, sort out your personal finance or make sense of how economic developments can impact your money, this podcast will be a perfect addition to your morning commute or household chores. Also, if you enjoyed the episode and want more of this, make sure to follow us on your favorite podcast platform to never miss an episode. And last but not least, consider downloading the Ticker Tape app. It is an investment analysis platform for stocks, mutual funds, ETFs and much more. The link and further description will be in the show notes below. Thank you so much for listening to this episode and we will see you in the next one.